J.E. We're the night crew. The night crew. First episode ever. Kind of cool, dude. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. We've been talking about doing this for long enough. So Like a year. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're recording this here at the Rusty Nail, one of Portland's real hidden gems. Really good pizza, good drinks. Um, as observed. Yep, yep. I'm going to eat that bad boy here in a minute. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Catherine was gracious enough to let us uh, stay here after hours and record here. So Can that's great. Thank you so much. Um, I'm super excited. Hat tip. Yeah. So I guess let's just uh, kick off just kind of like what this show is about. So we're in Portland. Um, Portland has like a unique nightlife. And we're both bouncers. We've been bouncers for years. Both at regular nightclubs and strip clubs. Yep. Um, And yeah, let's let's get into Portland nightlife. We should mention real quick the Rusty Nail where we are right now. I uh, I was here. We did a, a gambler night for Gambler Five Hundred. A lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and so I came back again. And Je, you were here, and uh, yeah, yeah. You you live not too far from here, and so well. Let's let's mention first that uh, we're both former Marines. Both former Marines. Yeah, you picked out right away. You noticed. Picked, yeah. uh, it was like a t-shirt was, I was wearing yeah, or my tattoo yeah, or something, yeah, it was a t-shirt, yeah. but you picked it up right away that I was a Marine vet and we hit it off <laughs> and that was, it was good times. Yeah. Good times. It was the start of a beautiful friendship. Mm. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> um, yeah. So what did you do there, Mikor? I was an ammo tech. I counted bullets for eight years. It was okay. really boring. <laughs> so I was first a um, linguist, Spanish linguist, and then I was an interrogator, counterintelligence, for five years or four years. Yeah, so your job was way more exciting than mine. Being an interrogator in Iraq was um, <laughs> a little bit unique, yep. I, guess, I guess you could say. Yeah. More than a little. Yeah. If you've never made a grown man piss himself, then, uh, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. All right. Should we just, uh, I guess, jump into talking about Portland nightlife? So, okay. So this show is supposed <laughs> to be about Portland nightlife, right? And that's what it is. Yeah. Um, Portland is totally unique from any other city in the country. I yeah. think. Yeah. I oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, I mean, there's all these neighborhoods and everything, but like... First, we have to mention, of course, that Portland has more strip clubs than any other city yep. in the entire country. Yep. Not just per capita. Any other city in the fucking country. Yep. That's unique. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, I don't remember what it was. I read an article where the author mentioned Portland wouldn't be Portland without the strip clubs, and no other city can say that. Exactly. Yep. I mean... More so than Vegas, Atlanta, New York... Any other city. I mean, the thing about Portland is we're a small town, really. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's a major city, but it's a small town. Yeah. We all, like, everybody in the, in, in the service industry, we all know each other. Y- yeah. Or at least your 
seven six degrees of Kevin Bacon removed yeah. from the next motherfucker. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you, know? you always like run into somebody who knows somebody you know if you don't know exactly. them already. And it only takes a little bit of time in the industry to start getting really to getting to know people. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so why did you decide to become a bouncer? It was it was just an offer from a friend. My friend Matt Caney was managing at Dixie at the time. He needed security. When you say Dixie, Dixie Tavern. Dixie yep. Tavern. It's in uh, Old Town, up on Third and Cooch. Yep. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, he was managing at the time, and he needed security. I got laid off at the gun shop where I worked. Um, so I just decided to go for it. I went and got my DPSST, which to those of you not from Portland. Oregon has such weird laws. It's yeah. really weird. You have to go through a class and get professional licensing to work as a bouncer. You actually have to have a license yep. to be a bouncer. Yep. So I was a bouncer in D.C. Um, that'd be Washington, D.C. Yeah. Uh, for a couple years. I literally walked in to the bar and said, hey, yeah, I used to be a Marine. And they're like, <laughs> Yeah, you're you just go. a big, scary-looking dude, and yep, you just, yep you're hired. Am I scary? No. But you can, you look kind of scary. I don't know. It's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like DC, tons of other states, they don't have these Oregon regulations. Yeah. Everything in Oregon licensed has to be licensed. Yep. It's crazy. And, and they're kind of modifying that. They're in the process of making it so like if you just work at one bar, you can do an online class and just get certified for that one location. That's in the works. I don't, it's not. Yeah. Dan's talked about it. And yeah. Dan, the owner of? Of Dixie Tavern. Yep. Dan Lenzen. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, that is something that is in the process, but it's not there yet. But Isn't it weird that like, they're relaxing regulations? Yeah. Who would have thought that? Yeah. But. Well, no, let's talk about more um, about the bars and the nightlife and whatnot in Portland. Yeah. So we work together at Dixie Tavern, which is currently shut down due to COVID. And our entire neighborhood where Dixie is located, a lot of the bars and clubs in the neighborhood are shut down permanently. And that's that's crazy. Like, I mean, I, let's go through it. Dirty, a nightclub is done. Yep. Uh, tube, Maxwell. Tube, Maxwell, Fuse, uh, no, Fortune. Fortune, yeah. Uh, Jones. Hobos, Jones. Hobo. Yeah. That's, that's the entire heart of fucking yeah, I mean, downtown Old Town. Yeah, that, that entire area down in Old Town where they blocked off the streets, there's like three bars and clubs still standing. We got Spice, Barrel Room, and Dixie Tavern. Spices Strip Club. Yep, Spices Strip Club. Which is always going to attract people, no matter what it is. Yeah, yeah. So. But is, I mean, I mean, I, I think the real question is, is Old Town Portland going to even survive? Right, yeah. I, I mean. Is it going to come back within a year, two years, maybe? Yeah, who knows? And, and you know, once Dixie and Barrel Room open back up, I mean it's not going to be the same as it used to be. It used to be booming on a Friday and Saturday night. They, the, police, the police would block off the streets, a block in every direction from where we were, and people were free to roam the streets, and there were clubs I mean, and bars. Estimate, estimate real quick, on a Saturday night at Dixie Tavern, we would have, what, 2,000 people come through? 
Come Rot- through. Yeah, rotate through? Yeah, rotate through. Yeah, through the About course 2000? of the night? Probably, yeah. That's insane, I mean, dude. Maybe a thousand. I don't know. Two thousand might be a little high, but I mean, that's not un- like unbelievable. That's... We had a lot of people. I mean, a lot of nights we had a huge line that wrapped. I mean, we, we were a major attraction. Yeah. For tourists, for everybody. And yeah. tur- Portland is a tourist town, and COVID has literally crushed everybody's fucking business yeah in downtown portland yeah it's a real bummer and i'm like you know hopefully at some point those locations will be picked up by somebody else and open back up but i mean yeah it's gonna be weird once dixie barrel room open up uh, we have to address one other thing though it's not just the fact that covid closed things the homeless people moved in oh yeah and are literally it's, Li- their tents it's are lined up on the sidewalks. Tents lining Block- the streets in Old Town, yeah. Blocking access to the fucking doors. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and like, right down there on 2nd, um, mm-hmm. like, where that row of tents is, nobody parks there. Because nobody wants to be parked right in front of some homeless person's tent and then get their car broken into. Okay. Like, I was down there today, and parking was wide open. And even I was, I was like, I'm not parking there. I'll, I'll go a little bit further. Because I don't want to park right next to somebody's tent. But, yeah, it's it's a bummer. There's still a few, you know. We've got, we're on the other side of Burnside. We've got Ankeny Alley, and several of those businesses have opened back up. Just to the south of where Old Town is. Right, yeah. About two blocks to the south of, of where Dixie is located. Let's talk a little bit about um, what it's like to be a strip club bouncer. It's different. <laughs> it's different. It's different from being the bouncer at the regular nightclub. At a nightclub, yeah. It, I mean, majorly different. Yeah. It's weird to have... <clears throat> how old are you? I'm 37. 42. Yep. It's really weird to have a 22-year-old girl... Yeah. <laughs> ...walk up to you, full-on naked, tits out, pussy out... And literally just be like, I missed you. Mm. <laughs> yep. And give me a hug, right? Right. It's different. I'm like, you got a girl. It's <laughs> cool. I miss you too. So we're both strip club bouncers. Yep. You worked at Casa Diablo. Yep. For about famed, three months. Famed for being the first vegan, vegan strip club, strip yeah. club in America. Yep. Uh-huh. In the world, I think. In the world, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they don't have vegan strip clubs in Thailand. Right, right. Whatever. Um, I have been working at uh, DV8. Yep. I've also worked at... Um, I picked up a few shifts at, at the venue and various strip clubs around town. Yeah. Uh, Rose City Strip. Rose City Strip. Uh, um, Desire. You worked a shift or two at Desire. Yeah. Um Picked up a couple hours at X, which I'm currently X. working at X. Um, which is gorgeous, by the way. Yeah, it's a beautiful building. But um, So how do you... But we also work as bouncers at regular nightclubs. Nightclub, yeah. And so, I've only worked at one nightclub. You were at uh, Doug Fur for a while. Oh, yeah. Which is like a, more of a, like a venue, concert venue, concert nightclub. Venue. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I ID'd Afro Man. <laughs> Did you hear that story? 
You didn't tell me that one. You told me about Weird Al. You told me, I think, Fred Armisen and Fred Armisen. Joe, uh, what's his name, from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So, so Afro Man comes in. <laughs> he has this massive, massive gold pot leaf. Of course. On a chain. Right. <laughs> I'm like, sir, ID please. <laughs> he kind of laughs. He just kind of looks at me and goes, Okay. okay. <laughs> Gives me his ID. I'm like, mm, I didn't know who the fuck he was. Like, what am I? Yeah. Whatever. Afterwards, people were like, oh, dude, you just ID'd Afro Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Technically, technically, I kicked out Weird Al. Weird Al, you have told me that one. He's literally my fucking childhood idol. Oh, I, yeah. I have, yeah. I have cassette tapes. Yep. I have and. a I have a radio single forty five of lasagna. When my dad used to work in radio, he brought that home, and I still have that. Love Weird Al. So um, I'm the bouncer of security at, at uh, Doug Fur, which mm. is an awesome venue. Yeah. Um, hoping, hoping, hoping they stay open throughout COVID. Right. Um, they have this awesome back patio area. With a massive, big old fire pit and everything, mm-hmm. and you know you got to kind of close the fire pit area of the patio down first before right. you close everything else. And um, he was like, I do a spiel. I'm like, "Hey, folks, um, okay, uh, five more minutes. We got to kick everybody out. Blah blah blah. Um, everybody can go inside and have another 30, 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever drinks." Yeah. And there was this dude. Excuse me. He turns around. He turns around. Curly hair and all. And he goes, okay, bro. No problem. And it was Weird Al. Oh, dude. Dude, I like stuttered. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. Dude, I, I'm not a fanboy. I really am not. Right. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. Weird Al. <laughs> I kind of fanboyed out a Geeked little Geeked out a little bit. bit. I kind of fanboyed. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It was I awesome. It was awesome. But technically, I kicked Weird Al out of a bar. He's That's the sweetest. Fun. Yeah, he was so sweet. It oh was, yeah, it, was, I, it wasn't obviously he did nothing wrong. It was just closing the fucking patio and everything. But, right. Oh my god, dude, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> I was too scared to even fucking talk to him. Yeah, I, I, I didn't go up to him. I'm like, oh man. Hey. I, yeah, it was awesome. I probably would have. I I saw Candlebox there. Candlebox came in. I saw Candlebox at the um, Arizona State Fair in 1995. I want to say nice. 96, whatever it was. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and I actually went up and when I he was like they did a show at uh, the Moda Center over here mm-hmm. and. Uh, they came over to Doug Fur afterwards. Yeah. Just to have a drink and went on. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm like, this fucking candle box? <laughs> and I actually talked to the lead singer. And I'm like, um, I saw you. Yeah, Arizona State Fair. He's like, dude, I remember that show. I mean, <laughs> maybe he was bullshitting me. I don't fucking know, but it was right. cool. Nice. It was cool. Nice. Dude. But being a bouncer at a strip club. Yeah. Is entirely different from being a it's, bouncer. It's a different at, animal. 
Tell me your favorite um, <laughs> strip club fucking story. Oh, there are so many, but I think one of my favorites, there's this dancer at Casa Diablo. I was walking her out, and just like you, we've so talked about the, the, Okay, so walk out means at the end of the night, you walk the girl, walk the dancer out to her car. Out to her car or to her Uber or taxi, whatever. Because there's always creepers <clears throat> right. or whatever that could make sure, literally attack her. And make sure they happened. get safely to yeah. their ride home. Yeah. Yeah. So we always do walkouts. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm doing a walkout for this dancer, Serafina. She's crazy. She's awesome. I oh, offer to carry her bag. And she takes me up on it. So I'm carrying her bag. I'm like, oh, man, this bag is heavy. And she goes, yeah, you know, I got all my, you know, toys. I got all my bondage and fetish gear, my medical equipment. And then she keeps going. I stop. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Did you just say medical equipment? (laughs) And she goes, yeah. Have you ever seen a human cervix up close? (laughs) I said, no, no, I have not. She she actually had a splitter. (laughs) She goes, she goes, come in on your night off. (laughs) No, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and the other cool thing about Portland's um, strip clubs is that they're all different. Like yeah. Casa Diablo, you know, you're going to get the fucking sex show, like dildos. Right, they, they do a lot with the like toys. Yards. And, yeah. Whereas, but most of the fucking strip clubs in Portland are actually just like local bars Yeah, that have a stage and a pole. Like, yeah. It's not really that big of a deal. I think one of the best examples of like how different different clubs are in portland is casa diablo 2 being right next door to acropolis so acropolis is a steakhouse it's acropolis steakhouse they're a strip club right next door is casa diablo 2 which is a vegan place and they've got this like famed rivalry where you've got you know the carnivores and the herbivores do you, think, do you think Johnny Diablo just did that on purpose? It wouldn't surprise me, you know. Right? <laughs> right? It, it's too good of a location. If he's if he's trying to really sell the vegan thing, that's too good of a location to literally opening up right next door. Yeah, because because controversy sells, right? Rivalry sells. Um, let's talk about uh, COVID and how one strip club. Managed, yeah. managed to struggle through, stay open during stay open during COVID. Every other club in the city shut down. Every other club in the country pretty much closed yeah, down. Yeah, lucky, lucky devil. devil. Yeah, lucky devil. <laughs> Boober eats. Boober. Well, they had to. Yeah, they had to change it. They got. Here's what's fucked up. Uber eats literally sent a cease and desist letter. <laughs> To one tiny little strip club? How fucked up is that's like corporation bullshit. Isn't parody like, like why? protected? Like why? Yeah. Really, oh. really, fuck you, Uber. It was a good name, whatever. Like it was a joke, but it still worked even after they had to change it. What did they change it to? Is like Lucky Devil. Eats? Lucky Devil. Eats, yeah. yeah. So Lucky Devil, when um, literally one stage, yeah. it's, it's a tiny strip club. It's the, yeah, I mean they have an awesome patio and everything, but. Literally one stage. It's not huge. It's tiny. Um, but they managed to. They had the idea literally the day of March 17th. Yeah. Yeah. March 18th, whatever it was. Yeah. When everything got shut down. 
everything was closing, and they're like, um, what if we just started delivering food? Yeah, because that that was one of the exceptions stipulated. Is like you can still do like takeout or delivery or like a walk up window or something like that. And that alone managed to keep the girls employed. Yep, it wasn't the same kind of money. Oh no, not at all. We're not even close. But it, it managed to keep the girls employed and the security, the bouncers employed. Yeah. And because you, you we worked had, there for a yeah. bit, didn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. So we would drive the girls and then walk up to, with them and they'd shake their tits and everything. And yeah. They had pasties on. Yeah. On. yeah. You know, it wasn't full nude. Yeah. No. And they're not going anywhere without security. Security exactly. bouncer goes with them to every delivery. But like, the, Sean, the owner of, of Lucky Devil... I mean, he was really open and like totally cool. Was like, that's a great idea. Let's do it immediately. Yeah, he didn't think twice. Didn't hesitate. Nothing. Just, no. Yep, let's do it. And then when the idea for the drive-through strip club came yeah. up, yeah, he was all on board with that. Yeah, I remember I picked you up from there like the night they were setting it up, and it looked so cool, oh, dude. Yeah, it was. Rad. We had we had four stages, four strip club, or four stripper bowls. And then a lira, you know what a lira is? It's a big hoop. Okay, yeah. That hangs down from the ceiling. Yeah. And the girl just fucking sits up there and like looks hot. Yeah, <laughs> pretty or, much. Or like goes upside down and does little tricks and whatnot. Right. Dude, literally. So you have five girls. It was a show. Yeah. Fucking it was a whole smoke, experience. Smoke. Bubbles, bubble. Uh, there was a bubble machine, fucking lasers and lights and everything. Yeah, five minimum of five girls, and you drive through the fucking thing. Yeah, the tent, and then like, <laughs> like a girl would like come up and put her tits on your fucking hood and everything. That was great, dude. It was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And and it made national news. I mean, cool. like yeah, I've seen cool. articles from yeah, what cool. New York Post, Huffington Post, Rolling Stone. Those are the, the ones I remember off the top of my head. But, yeah, like, everybody was just covering this crazy Portland strip club that decided to just do topless food delivery. And, again, it I, honestly, I think Lucky Devil, I think Sean lost money on it. I really do. I mean, obviously, he doesn't give details out to the bouncers. <laughs> right, right. But, I think but, it was a good investment, though. I think once everything like gets back to normal, I think that because of the way they got attention nationwide, I think it's going to be a destination spot oh, for cool. visitors. Yeah, for like tourists. It's and, so cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of stoked about it. Yeah. Do you want to like talk about some of the other strip clubs in town? So Mary's. Mary's, yeah. The oldest strip club in Portland. Yep. Nineteen what? Nineteen fifty-four. They Holy opened shit. up. Yeah, they. It had been open as like a piano bar since like the 30s. Right. And then the guy bought it in 54 and opened it up as a strip club. Ah. And it's been running since. You know what I miss? It was Magic Garden. Do you remember Magic Garden? No. I, I don't remember that one. It was right across from the Ming in Old Town. Okay, yeah. This old lady ran it. And she's been. She used to be a stripper when she was young. Oh yeah. And now she's old. She was old. Dude, it was awesome. There's like <laughs> one, sta- two stages, and literally, no more than two or three girls. Yeah. Ever at a time. There's and 
and it was so much of a dive bar. Yeah. Like, a drink would cost like $2, yeah. you know? Oh, man. It was awesome. It was so much fun, dude. There have been so many, like, that have shut down. I mean, Safari closed down. Safari's um, The one I really miss is Jiggles. Jiggles. On right off of I-5, the big sign right just off that, the freeway that just says Jiggles. Just that name. <laughs> I know. Um, the other one with the awesome name that went away was Pitiful Princess. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There have been some interesting ones to to come through. I mean, doesn't that just sound like? I mean, it doesn't the name sounds degrading? Just by yeah, itself, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question. <laughs> yeah, is sex work degrading for women, or is it empowering for women? I think that is up to the individual woman. Because I, you know, we're, you and I are both friends with so many strippers, and a lot of them really enjoy it. And they, you know, see in their Facebook and Instagram posts all through the shutdown, they couldn't wait for the strip clubs to open right. back up. They were right. itching to get back in and start dancing again. They love it. And that is something I think most of what strippers call normies, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, your average civilian, I guess you'd say, doesn't understand. Right. Um, sex work is work. Yeah. Here's my opinion. We all sell our bodies. Yeah. We all sell our bodies. We sell our time. You can't tell me that a motherfucker in a coal mine. Right. Dying. Just busting his body for 30 years. Destroying his fucking life. Mm-hmm. You're saying that is more empowering or honorable or whatever than a dancer who literally is, yeah, okay, yeah. She's flashing her tits, whatever. Right. She's making a lot of money, She's though. She's not being, tra- okay. Well. The difference is being trafficked and right. actual sex work. Right. Of, of choice. The, yeah, they're doing it by choice. They choose to go into that job. And, and the is, ones who decide they don't like it, they're free to leave. and they're they out. They quit and, and find something else to do. And, they and do. that's that's they a do. huge, like, they differentiation do, there. They do really quickly, actually. Yeah, yeah. It only takes a couple months, if that, before yeah. a girl is like, mm, this is not for me. Right. You know? Yeah. And then other girls are like, uh, this is awesome. Yeah. Dudes are fucking paying me and blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. empowering. Absolutely. Some of the strongest feminist women that I have ever met Mm-hmm. Or strippers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Tough bitches. Yep. And I mean bitches in an entirely supportive. Like loving and supportive. Yeah. Like we totally. love the strippers we know. Like they're such dude, they're awesome my, women. They're awesome. They're my yeah. girls. They're like, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. And it's, it's weird to me that people don't understand that. Yeah. Like you can't conflate sex trafficking with sex work. Right. Yeah, that's a real big distinction. Two totally different things. Yeah. Sex trafficking is evil and wrong and, you know, do everything we can to fucking stop it. Yeah. Sex work, by choice. By choice. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. These girls are awesome. Yeah. And they 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 enjoy what they do. I mean, mean, not always. Not always, but... but Do you always like what you do at work? No, there's been plenty of work shifts where I'm like, I just can't wait to shut down and go home. 
but in general, I enjoy what I do. Working as a bouncer has been seriously my favorite job I've ever had. Dude. Um, sometimes after the military, after the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. being a bouncer is literally the only job that I've had to express physical aggression. <laughs> yeah. Legally. <laughs> yep. And the in, thing in, is, you don't you don't go out of your way to find it. It finds oh, you. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And then you just handle it. Which, but it's good. At, at Dixie, that was kind of a rite of passage. Getting punched in the face was just a rite of passage. Dude, if you haven't been punched in the face at Dixie... Yeah. You're, are you, are, are, are you, even, you really a Dixie bouncer if you haven't you been, been punched in the face? Though? Are you even a bouncer at all? <laughs> yeah. Punched in the face? Yep. So the punched one time... The, the time I got punched in the face, this drunk dummy... Was just like being an asshole. <laughs> he was talking shit and everything. We're st- I'm standing out- outside in front of the door of Dixie. Yep. And uh, yeah, he's just like, mm, 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 mm. and three cops come walking <laughs> over. Oh god, that was one of them. One of them, a female. Yeah. And uh, she's kind of looking at him. I'm I'm just standing there. I'm like, mm, it's my job. Cool. Yeah. And uh, she kind of looks at him, the drunk guy, and goes, she kind of laughs and goes, if, if he keeps running his mouth, he's going to end up in jail. <laughs> he looks and at, he kept running his he mouth. He looks yeah. at her and goes, you fucking bitch. And he lunges at her. Yeah. The only thing that fucking stopped him was his buddy grabbed him by the waist <laughs> and held him back. Yeah. However, he swung, punched me. And that was all the cops needed. Oh, yeah. They yeah. tackled him, <clears throat> put him on the ground, and then, <laughs> and then he had the dumbass fucking mistake of biting one of the cops. Oh, yeah. That's, you remember that? I remember that. Oh, dude. Yeah. And that's where he got <laughs> like, into just from like a simple just being a drunk idiot to assaulting a police officer. Felony, yeah. felony assault is yeah. my guess. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Why are, why are drunk dudes so fucking... Don't get me wrong. I've done some stupid shit when I'm drunk. But biting a cop? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? It's insane. Yeah. I remember... I think it was I think it was on Labor Day. There was only like... I think it was like three of us working. I think Chemi was out front with me. Chemi, and this dude's... Uh, Chemi yeah. is our... Another bouncer. Yep. Yep. Good dude, Dixie. love him. Um, the, but like the dude swung on Chemi, I think, and the cops came and, and arrested him. By and, the way, Chemi looks like a <laughs> NFL linebacker. Oh yeah, he's, he's like five dagged, six, yeah, five seven maybe max. Yeah. But like diesel as fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's so awesome. the cops come and and they have the dude like sprawled out over the hood of their little cruiser, and they're going through his pockets and everything. And they find a baggie of coke, and this this dude like I had kind of like stopped paying attention. Like they're doing their thing, I'm I'm getting back to work, and all of a sudden, like from in that direction, I hear that the dude yelling, "That's not coke. That's a condom to fuck your mom with." I was like, <laughs> like some people just don't know when to shut up, but it's so awesome when they don't because just some real gems, you know. Oh my god! So one of the funniest things is when um, I go into the bathroom doing a at Dixie, 
doing a regular bathroom check mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> there's this bit uh, the, there's this fat bitch the italian guy huh <laughs> there's this fat chick with her bra off she's fucking basically topless <laughs> she's going down on this dude who's standing there with his cock out <laughs> i'm like mm, we're done here we're done this is over yeah and uh so we get him all together, but the dude is an Italian. Yeah. And he doesn't fucking speak English, really. Yeah, like, yeah. A little bit, yeah. So we kick him out. And, oh, and he spent a lot of time begging us to let him back he in. He keeps trying to get back in. Yeah. Because he's like, my, my friend, my friend. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to fucking make fun of an Italian accent, but he did speak English. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so he's trying to fucking get back in. And we're like, no. <laughs> no. And, Ten minutes later, five minutes later, whatever it was, <laughs> the girl that had been going down on him yeah. walks down the street in front of the fucking club <laughs> with her arm around another dude. <laughs> it, took, it took her that long. Oh, it was man. fucking hilarious. I'm like, mm, Jesus, yeah. dude. She just went right to work. Dude, how many, how many people do you kick out? I mean, how many people have you kicked out doing coke in, oh, in, in the club? I haven't personally caught anybody really? doing coke. I don't think maybe one or two. A Dixie? I mean, I've I've caught people like multiple people in the bathroom stall. I've caught oh, yeah, all the time. Like dude. all the time. Oh, um, oh let me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking knocking on the door of the of the stall, and uh, <laughs> there's three dudes in there. I hear them sniffing, and uh, so they open it up, and there's three of them. They're like. I'm like, oh, Coke, you guys got to go, we weren't doing Coke. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah, I knew you were doing Coke. Yeah. And there was this one dude, really fat, in a black t-shirt, stomach way out to here, and he literally had Coke <laughs> dust on his just, fucking stomach oh, on the no. black t-shirt. And I go, yeah, you have Coke on your fucking t-shirt, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, that's not coke. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So I caught a couple of guys in the died. stall and I'm pretty sure they were doing coke. I didn't actually see him do it, but I was, I was, you know, kicked him out. And as I'm going out, I see a dude take a hit of his dab pen and he sees me out of the corner of his eye and he like tries to hide it real quick. And I'm like, Nope, you're coming with us. And as we're like, he tries to claim he wasn't, wasn't vaping. Right. And as he's talking, like he opens his mouth to talk and like, Vape just, just a cloud out his mouth. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, best. smooth dude. Fucking idiots. Oh, let's talk a little bit about the history of downtown Old Town Portland. Yeah, with the Shanghai tunnels and everything. Yeah, dude, this is something that people outside of the West Coast really don't know about. Right. Yeah, the term to Shanghai somebody. Yeah, meant. You basically drug them or just kidnap, basically kidnap them. Yeah. And then they wake up on a fucking boat <laughs> to fucking Shanghai. Yeah. And they get basically pressed into naval service or whatever, like ship. Yeah. yeah. And like, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to work. Yeah. Who are you going to file your complaint to, right? <laughs> Nobody give a fuck. Yeah. So. There is a whole system of tunnels yep. 
underneath Old Town Portland. Yep. And Old Town Seattle and Old Town San well, Francisco. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's, it's the entire West Coast. It wasn't just Portland. Motherfuckers would literally <laughs> whack a guy on the head, <laughs> drag him through these tunnels. Do, do you know the names? Do, did you know what they were called? The purveyors of sailors? Hmm. Crimps. Crimps. Not pimps. I think, I've, I think I've heard that. They were called crimps. crimps. And basically human trafficking, kidnapping sailors, yeah. was called crimping. Huh. Right? Yeah. It was weird. That's crazy. It was literally a job. Like, like, <laughs> and huh. yeah, there's a whole system of tunnels underneath Old Town Portland. Yeah. Where you literally just get drug out. Yeah. And then you, you wake up on a fucking sailing ship <laughs> on the way to China or wherever the fuck, you know. Isn't that crazy? What a what a wild thing to wake up to. Dude, that'd be crazy. That'd be fucking wild. That'd be the wildest hangover ever, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all these buildings down here are all reportedly haunted and Yeah. All that shit. Yeah. I mean, these are all buildings. They yeah. really are. Oh yeah. And they're beautiful too, like that red brick. I love the red brick, man. Yeah. It's fucking exposed red brick. It's cool mm-hmm. shit. Well, we're coming up on actually like an hour of actual like recorded audio. We'll cut some of that down. But do you want to basically, I mean, maybe kind of wind it down here? Should we talk about, I don't know, like what to kind of expect going forward with future episodes? Like we, I kind of want to like get more guests and stuff on the show. Bring in other bouncers and oh, bartenders. We, we should absolutely have some dancers and some yeah. bartenders. Here. Yeah, we, we, need, we need to have Sam on here. Oh, yeah, we got to get Sam. Sam is just one of the most amazing people you could ever hope to meet. So, yeah, future episodes, we're going to bring some of our friends and some other people who, you know, do stuff within the I mean, nightlife I, scene. This is the, we're the night shift. We're the night crew, dude. Night crew, I mean, yeah. I think uh, going forward, you know, yeah, absolutely. We'll have all of the night crew on here at some point. All right. Well, I think this is a good spot to stop. So. All right, boss. All right. We're out. We're out.